Welcome to another episode of Reimagined Energy. Imagine a school bus that can also be used as energy storage. It's the real deal. The Lion Electric Company is an innovative manufacturer of zero-emission vehicles. They design and manufacture all-electric school buses, minibuses, and urban trucks here in North America. I got a chance to talk to Christopher Rell about how this company is actively seeking new technology. Hi, Christopher. Good morning. How are you today, Maria? I'm great. Thanks for joining me today. It was really great to meet you recently at the Smart Energy Conference in Halifax. It was it was a pleasure to be there. Uh, we have a, a growing and expanding presence in Atlantic Canada, yeah. where uh, I'm from, where my family is from. It's uh, fant- it was it was fantastic to be back home. That's awesome. Now you're with Line Electric, and so tell tell everyone a little bit of of what what your what that company is. The Line Electric Company is North America's largest manufacturer of heavy duty electric and medium duty vehicles. What that means is we manufacture everything from class A, C, D, and M buses, all the way through class five, six, seven, and eight trucks. Now, that seems like a very large gamut, and it absolutely is. Uh, We have uh, about 1,500 vehicles on the road in North America, uh, as well as a factory in Saint-Jérôme, Quebec, and a battery factory in Mirabel, Quebec. We are a made-in-Canada product, although we uh, just opened up last year a million-square-foot factory in Joliet, Illinois, to be compliant with BioAmerica. We can manufacture in the United States as well. And we have a network of 13 experience centers uh, around North America where we can do on-site service, testing, design, we can do repairs, um, as well as uh, do ride and drives for any potential customers who are out there looking to experience Lion. For the specific to Atlantic Canada audience, uh, we have an experience center located in Moncton, New Brunswick, in the heart of Acadia, um, where we do service for our many customers around Atlantic Canada. We have trucks in service with companies like uh, Day and Ross. One of uh, our largest bus customers is the government of Prince Edward Island. Uh, who utilizes our electric buses all over the island and and in in the Charlottetown and Summerside regions specifically. Um, And the the company's been around since 2008, but we rolled our first electric buses off in uh, 2016, and we're now an electric-only company. We're leading the way in uh, sustainable mobility and climate change. That's amazing. So having having all of this, you know, these e-buses and... and, um... The manufacturing side, there's also requires a robust um, charging infrastructure that's needed. So, what are your thoughts on that? Um, that's actually what what my team does. So, I manage the sustainable mobility division of the Line Electric Company, where our team is responsible for the design, conception, procurement, implementation, and installation of electric vehicle charging, um, and that goes for both Lion fleets and non-Lion fleets, where um, really the conceptualization and understanding of how energy is going to be utilized inside the vehicles 
but also more broadly and in a societal context as a form of propulsion. Because historically, energy is you use it or you use uh, you use it or you lose it. It's going to be generated typically at a singular point, like think a Point La Pro nuclear plant or think the coal plant in Dartmouth. We're going to be generating large amounts of energy to be consumed. And with a vehicle, we're fundamentally altering that calculation. We are taking that energy and storing it in batteries. And those batteries are then being utilized in vehicles to move either people or product when the vehicles are uh, necessary and when uh, uh, a customer or when a school board or when a, uh, a company decides that it's going to move product. Now, this also leads us to a wide variety of opportunities because our vehicles are V2G compliant. V2G means vehicle to grid. That means our batteries are not just methods of propulsion for vehicles. We're actually utilizing our vehicles to backfill the grid. Whenever the grid requires energy, we can install, design, and deploy bi-directional charging installations, which are two-way flow of electricity through a charger. It means we can power the vehicle with the charger, or if there's a storm or an outage or a period of intensely high demand, we can push power back from the vehicles onto the grid. That's amazing. Yeah. So has that so, technology been around for a long time? It's been around for, so it, it, it depends. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's been around for quite some time. If you take a look at um, modern batteries in the small sense, uh, we're doing it on DC charging, which means we require uh, inverters to be in the charger, which is a much more recent uh, development. And mm -hmm. we are also um, doing it in, in spaces that haven't really been done before. So for example, we're doing it in like black star technology where there's no power behind the grid. We're doing it to bring up a, a community center that's been down uh, after the power line was ravaged by a storm. So yes, the technology is, has been around, but Lion is taking it to that extra level. It's making a more ability. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we really want to bring this to the next level, not understanding, you know, like, like a Ford F-150 electric today. If you have an offboard inverter, you can power your house with it, which is fine. Yeah. Powering your house is great. We're thinking much bigger scale. When there's a customer who has a thousand electric school buses, what does that mean for the grid? Because a thousand with a thousand buses, yeah. you're the size of many hydro dams. You're the yeah. size of a small coal plant. What can that do for a community? What can that do for a government or a society or a community in uh, the electrification of everything? What can it do for climate change resiliency? What can it do uh, to combat carbon emissions? Well, it's a brilliant idea because school buses are only used, you know, at certain times of the year. You know, they're they're not used in the evenings or the weekends in, in, in July and August, you know, for, for that matter. So there's another purpose. That the that's right. Yes. So we're, we have uh, ongoing projects right now uh, in Florida. We have projects on the go in California and Prince Edward Island, actually. Uh, California is one of our most well-known projects. And again, it's the same thing. In, in a jurisdiction like California, you have periods of elevated electrical demand, uh, as well as you have during your summer critical load on the grid. 
uh, high heat, high humidity, tons of air conditioning load, um, deploying energy that can charge up overnight when there's very low carbon intensity on the grid and a very low price. Right. And being able to discharge that during the afternoon when there's high carbon intensity means that we're providing a source of zero emission electricity onto the grid at a very competitive price in an already capitalized asset that otherwise throughout the year, when there's less demand on the electrical grid, is going to be providing zero emissions transportation to school children with all the associated health benefits uh, that come along with that. So it's very much win-win-win for everyone involved. Um, oh yeah, and, exactly. And so that's 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 really what Lion Energy brings to the table. We're not we're not a traditional energy company, uh, and we're definitely not a traditional vehicle company. We 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 very much sit at the crux uh, of where those two intersect in the marketplace, and I think that shows um, with who's utilizing our vehicles. You know, we have vehicles in service with. Well, exactly. Amazon. And you have, you also yeah. have the accessibility buses as well that you're focusing on. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Equity, uh, social equity and societal equity forms a very critical component of who Lion is and what we want to do as a company. I was thinking the other day, you know, during the school year, a lot of bus drivers, and I know it's like that in Atlanta, Canada. I don't know what it's like in other parts, but some school bus drivers keep their buses at home parked in their driveways uh, when they're not used and then in the summer months they're they're you know they're stored elsewhere how would would those drivers need to have special charging in place or will it be a central place where they all charge it truthfully depends on the jurisdiction and the length of the routes um all over canada and the united states where we have buses in service and we have about a thousand two hundred ish electric school buses in service. So we, we, we know what we're doing. Um, we've done both. Uh, centralized depots are fantastic for urban, suburban, and peri-urban environments where it's not a far ride for a bus driver to go from their house or from their apartment or condo to their depot to pick up a bus. It also centralizes and ensures uh, that the infrastructure requirements are one shot. That means if you're a company who owns these buses, you now have one singular point of contact and control over your infrastructure. We have also deployed electric vehicle charging, typically AC charging, to people's homes because DC charging is uh, typically requires uh, a wider amount of infrastructure and that's simply not going to be uh, acceptable in someone's home. Uh, so we can do that. However, it is becoming less and less frequent in the industry, not just with Lion customers, uh, as buses move towards DC charging systems. And uh, with the higher infrastructure requirements, uh, that typically necessitates uh, a depot charging model. However, we very much do both, and we're doing both today. Mm-hmm. So with um, with these buses, you know, elect, you know, electric buses what uh is there special training involved do the drivers need to have a special special knowledge in place uh so there's two answers here there's the there's the answer that is you know politically correct and socially correct and i think morally correct and that is yes drivers very much do 
need special training. And we we do offer that from the Lion Academy. Uh, We're more than happy to come on site and teach your drivers about regenerative braking to ensure that you can maximize your range. For example, if you're in mountainous terrain and you're going downhill, you know, it's it's not uncommon to regenerate three, yeah. four, or five percent of your battery yeah. from, you know, a single route. That's like getting five percent of your of a of a tank of fuel for free. So obviously you want that training. However, uh, I'm an electric vehicle driver. Maria, you're an electric vehicle yep. driver, and there is very much a temptation for a lot of people to just get in it and go and figure out, you know, what happens. Um, I will say that for, uh, you know, for just about every customer across North America, there are specific licensing requirements for, uh, drivers in class five, six, seven, eight trucks, um, as well as for school buses. And typically there's, there's training that can be augmented by the Lion Academy, uh, when we go in. Um, but again, there's, there is nothing like having no training, getting into a Lion vehicle at a ride and drive. For example, next week, um, May twenty sorry, May seventeenth and eighteenth, you'll be able to get into a Lion truck in downtown Toronto at the EV Charging Expo and test out a Lion Class Six truck. And there's there is nothing like getting into an electric vehicle for the first time. Oh yeah, and just just yeah. going, seeing the, so. the 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 speed and the energy there. It's a great feeling. How long does it take to build or manufacture one of these vehicles? Use, like you said, they're done and they're made here in North America, which is great. Yeah, they're made right in Saint-Jerome, Quebec. Yeah. Anybody who's going from Montreal to Ottawa-Gatineau and wants to drive up Highway uh, 15 or 50, anyone who's going to, to Mount Tremblant will go by our factory. Anyone going to Ottawa from Montreal will probably go by our battery factory awesome. right off of Highway 50. Um, we're a made in Canada uh, product. We're made in the U.S. product, and we're very proud of that. The hell? Um, but we can do, uh, on average, we can do about 30 school buses a week at at, at full tilt. Really? Yeah, it's, I, I, I would highly recommend taking a look at some of our videos on our YouTube channel. We have a factory tour where you get a chance to go through our Saint-Jerome factory. And uh, it is exceptionally impressive. It's, it's, it's very much a privilege to work for this company and to see how much it's grown over the last few years, you can, you can go through our public reports and figure out specifically uh, where we are. And you know, just last year we set a record. Sorry, last quarter we set a record with 220 vehicles delivered. It's amazing. Like it was, well, yeah. All you can do is just go to your career page and see all the the job listings and the postings that are there for the manufacturing side of it. I mean, you just that's that's correct. People yeah. are needed. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I first joined Lion, I've been I'm one of the veterans in the company. I've been around since uh, early 2020, we'll say. Yeah. And uh, when I joined, we had 300 employees and a little bit less than 300 employees, and uh, we're almost at 2,000 now. Wow, so that's great. This shows the the industry and the and the interest, you know, for, for this type of uh, technology. During the Smart Energy Conference, you know, you were part of a panel and and you sat in and one of the things you talked about was the, you know, how electricity will overload the grid, you know, if all mobile electric vehicles are charged at night. And you guys all talked about non-peak Sunday will not be sustainable. And how should we rethink this? What, what, what are your thoughts there? So I don't think... 
that electric vehicles will ever overload the grid. I think they're going to fundamentally alter the way the grid interacts with mobility. How that's going to occur is it's going to occur in two ways. And I'll use Ontario as a, ju as, as, as a sample jurisdiction here because it is very much uh, the most populous part of Canada and it's, it's just a great example. Uh, Ontario often sells power at a loss overnight and it charges a lot more during peak hours to generate because Ontario's demand during peaks is up here and overnight it runs on baseload. And making up that difference is done through peaker plants, it's done through renewables, there's a wide variety of market mechanisms. And of course, conservation is the cheapest form of electricity generation. You don't need to generate what you don't need. All of those things are going to hit um, critical mass with electric vehicle adoption, where we're going to need to understand conservation, demand management, and demand response. And electric vehicles are going to offer a solution to all of that. So at night, the power, the price of electricity is much cheaper because you have to run generating plants at uh, a lower price of electricity. There's very little load at night. If all electric vehicles are charging up at night, you suddenly have a customer for all that electrical load, which means you do not need to sell it at a loss. You can basically give it away at very cheap prices. And we're seeing this in jurisdictions like British Columbia and Ontario. British Columbia has special overnight charging rates for electric vehicles, and Ontario just introduced one as well, called the ultra-low overnight charging rate. <laughs> and what they've done is they're going to give you, uh, for demand under 50 kilowatts, principally residential, they're going to basically say it's now two cents a kilowatt hour to charge overnight, and that is the cheapest electricity rate in North America right now, two cents a kilowatt hour. And at demand, at peak, it's no longer going to be 20, 21 cents a kilowatt hour. It's going to be 30 cents a kilowatt hour. They're going to increase the stratification between when it's cheap and when it's not cheap. They want to disincentivize you from consuming during peaks and incentivize you to consume when they're trying to, when they're basically giving electricity away. Interesting. They're going to find new customers and they're going to disincentivize consumption during uh, high stress periods on the grid. So that's going to be one thing that we're going to see a lot of going forward. And the second thing we're going to see a lot of going forward is called DER or distributed energy resources. And these are going to be small scale solar, small scale wind and small scale battery operations, uh, as well as electric vehicles. EVs are going to play a huge role in that because as I mentioned previously, they're moving batteries. There's going to be vehicle to grid technology coming. It's already here with the Ford F-150 electric, and it's already here with the Nissan Leaf. It's already here on any Lion school bus that's rolling around Canada today. How's that going to interact with the grid? And today, it's okay to have one or two of them. What happens when a fleet of 500 or 1,000 of these is rolling around? What does a fleet of 5,000 of them in Toronto mean? Let's let's assume, for example, that in a city like Toronto, you do have a site that has a thousand buses, okay. uh, even discharging at 50 kilowatts. A thousand buses moving at 50 kilowatts each means you now have five megawatts to play with. It's rolling around. What are yeah. you going to do with that? It's amazing. I could see it being used for like remote locations or 
uh, festivals and events. You know, exactly. You can so rent you'll have them. fifty. You'll you'll have fifty megawatts. My my brain is now, turned to okay. mush right now. Um, but with fifty megawatts, like that's that's a that's a hydro dam. Yeah. That is that is a hydro dam. If you deploy that for two hours, um, fifty megawatts inside the downtown will shift the peak. You will wow. shift the peak inside that inside that hour, which has very deep ramifications when you're thinking about industrial conservation and how you design industrial conservation programs to incentivize how people are going to pay their global adjustment, which is the difference between the cost of generation and the price of generation. How how are these programs going to come into play? And the options that electric vehicles provide are going to allow our grids to be much more flexible in responding to demand. I I truthfully don't think that we're thinking about the question correctly. People who are saying electric vehicles are going to break our grid simply do not see what's coming. <laughs> what's coming is the single greatest opportunity we have had to re-envision the way our grids operate and to integrate renewables and clean electricity into our grids. This is not just the, the, the clean energy revolution. This is the clean mobility revolution. Awesome. Well, it's like reimagined energy all over. Yeah. It's kind of the, hence this podcast, right? Yeah, we're, we're we're really talking about you know how quick this is going to come, and like it's already here in multiple jurisdictions. Prince Edward Island is leading on this. Other jurisdictions in Canada want to get in on this as well. Within five years, what we're talking about is is going to be commonplace, and it's it's a necessity that we're going to have to react to. Um. It's better for us to start reimagining what our grids could look like in the future and to not hamstring ourselves. The possibilities here are very much endless. Uh, you brought up the panel that I'm sitting on. You know, There are people like Sanjeev from Nova Scotia Power who are very much leaders in this space, who, who want to make these changes and who want to understand what the grid of the future is going to look like and how they can best position themselves to do so. Yeah, exactly. So on that final note, um, what's next for Lion Electric? That's a fantastic question. Um, we're not content to just sit on our laurels and to sell the greatest electric school bus that's on the market today. Uh, I think our Class 6 truck is one of the best on the market. And we're not content to just sit on that. Uh, this year, we're releasing our electric ambulance that's going to be... Yeah, I know. That's it's awesome. an electric. It's an electric ambulance built in conjunction with Demers, who uh, we provide the Class Five chassis for it. Uh -huh. And uh, you know that that I think is a major announcement. That I think is a is definitely something to look forward to. Uh, as well, we just announced a vehicle to grid pilot with uh, the government of Prince Edward Island to backfill um, community centers when there's an outage, like a hurricane. The, the, that rolls through. Wow. People, people should look to our buses and see them not just as clean mobility, but as very much the way the future of energy is going to be consumed and utilized as a method of propulsion. That is amazing. Fieldful to grid, new thinking, uh, or just an, it's actually probably been thought of before, but you guys are taking it in another in another way. That's what we want to hear. We, yeah. you know, Lion is very much a market leader in this space. We don't want to rest on our laurels. I think we're always finding new ways to push ahead and to always be ahead of the game. And I think that shows in our vehicles, you know, when you take a look at who they're in service with, you know, they're in 
our trucks are being driven around by, you know, Day and Ross and Ikea and, you know, Amazon. Um, and they're being run 18, 20 hours a day. We're, we're very much showing that electricity can be cheaper, can be cleaner, can be more sustainable, and can very much lead to a better bottom line and a better society at the same time. And I think, I think we stand by those values. Excellent. Thank you so much, Christopher, for your time today. And all, all the best. Next time I'm driving to Montreal Blanc, I'll have to pop into, I'll give you a call when I'm on my way. Please do. Give me a tour. Please do. You'll go right by us on Highway 15. Thank you so much for your time, Maria. Thanks, Christopher. Bye. The grid powers vehicles, but then turning that around so the vehicles power the grid. That's reimagined energy right there, folks. Thanks to Christopher Ralph of Lander Electric for joining me today. They're Canada's homegrown e-bus and e-truck manufacturer right in Quebec. Do take part in one of their experiential drives next time you're in Toronto or in the Montreal area. Thanks for joining me today. This is Reimagine Energy. Click that subscribe button and we'll talk to you next time.